Thanks for joining us for Faith Meets Mental Health with our host, Kim Boswell, the Alabama Commissioner of Mental Health. If you have any questions for our host, you can always email mentalhealth at fraser.church. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to Faith Meets Mental Health, the ministry of Fraser Church. I'm Kim Boswell, Commissioner of the Alabama Department of Mental Health. And today I have with me Tyler Grant, who is our student minister here at Fraser. And we really want to spend some time today talking about the youth mental health crisis that we're experiencing. And I'm really excited today because I just learned that Tyler is in school. I am. And is going on a new adventure and uh, really wanted to share that with our audience today. And so, Tyler, can you tell us a little bit about that and your decision to go back to school? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I probably need this podcast myself, having two kids and (laughs) full-time ministry and going back to school. You know, mental health is running rampant in my life. Um, Should we talk later? Maybe we should set up an appointment later this afternoon. Um, But I've been in full-time ministry for about 10 years, which is crazy to think about. I turn 30 next week, so time's just flying for me. And um, I've loved my time in ministry. I love teenagers. I love that demographic so much. And it kind of goes back to 2020. I was at home. My my little boy Judah was taking a nap. And I got off the phone with one of my best friends. His name is Coulter. And um, he said, Tyler, you're a really good listener. I said, I am a good listener. I thought in that moment, I'm a good listener. So I thought, what would it look like to go and research the world of counseling? And I did just a little bit of minor research, but that kind of got the ball rolling and me thinking of life outside of full-time ministry. I believe I'll always be ministering in some kind of capacity. But the Lord began to reveal to me through Coulter in that moment, Tyler, this may be another route for you to love on adolescence well. So I researched it a little bit, and I kind of let it go to the, the wayside for a little bit. And then 2020, the, the, the whole pandemic came through, and I was working with, we have over uh, about 200 students in our youth group, so I began to talk with them a lot, and I just was seeing some of the stories and the, the mental illness that some of them were walking through, and I thought, wow. I am way (laughs) ill-equipped to handle these conversations. I did not feel prepared to. So I began to really research more of what would that look like to help me with ministry now and then maybe go into counseling one day down the road. So one thing led to another, and I I got into Faulkner's uh, Clinical Mental Health Counseling Program last summer. I started in August, and I'm now in my second semester. Absolutely loving my classes and what I'm learning and how I'm going to be able to apply it to the ministry I'm walking through now and then able to one day apply it to counseling, adolescence, and whatever else the Lord may bring in front of my path. So that's kind of how I got to where I am now and um, loving the mental health world and bringing those things to light, reducing stigma, doing all I can to help with those conversations. And I know we were talking a little bit about the data, and it's really kind of shocking. You know, we have a couple of reports that just came out that, you know, really one in five kids are having Mm -hmm. some kind of struggle. It could be a really mild uh, kind of anxiety, or it could be something more severe. And so it's not really surprising that you're seeing a group of kids uh, in the youth ministry that are absolutely having some challenges, particularly mental health challenges. And we talked a little bit about um, just a, a book that you and I uh, have both read called, you know, What Happened to You? Yep. And 
I think that's so important in ministry and in the church environment. Oftentimes when we see the kind of behavior that you sometimes see when someone's struggling with a, a mental health issue, uh, the question is kind of what's wrong with you. Yeah. Uh, and instead, what you know, we all hope we do is ask the question. You know, so what happened, and yeah. and how can we support you? Uh, so, how do you see that in your ministry with kids in terms of just, you know, the the stigma sometimes associated with mental health issues, or just what you see kids really struggling with at this point? Yeah, I mean, we see the whole gamut of things. Really, I mean some PTSD based off of car accidents or abuse or anything. I mean, I've had conversations from the whole spectrum and uh, generalized anxiety. We have uh, depression. We've had suicidal ideation. And um, it's just crazy the amount that we're seeing from students. And um, one thing that me and you talked about a little bit uh, ago is that we did a series back in September or October of 2022, and we called it Peace of Mind because there is – and, you know, after COVID, there it's beginning to be destigmatized in the church, and it's okay to see a counselor. It's okay to value your mental health, but we still do see it in pockets where it is it's looked down upon to struggle with mental health. And in some Christian realms, you're seen as not being a good Christian if you are struggling with your mental health. And one thing I wanted to really clearly communicate with our students is it's okay to not be okay. And having a mental health problem just simply means you're human. And Pastor Chris talked about this on the first episode of this is we are humans just like unbelievers. Christians are humans. We have our own things that we are mm-hmm. dealing with. And we want students to realize that getting help isn't a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. And we want to continue to, to preach that narrative. And yes, we're going to continue to pray for students. And I believe fully in the power of prayer and what Jesus can do through his Holy Spirit. But I also believe that counselors and therapists and, and doctors are a means of grace in which students can go and get help through medication, through therapy, through counseling, whatever that may entail. And, and one specific story I was thinking about from this series, um, one, one girl started coming with a friend and she, she struggled with... Um, with her family and a lot of mental illness in their family. And she was always told that Christians always have to have it perfectly together. And she's like, I, my life is in shambles. How can I ever be a Christian? And she came and she experienced this mental health series that we walked through for four weeks. And she's like, wow, y'all are just like me. <laughs> uh, y'all struggle just like I do. And she's now very involved in our student ministry and looking to get baptized soon. She was an unbeliever, but she saw that we valued mental health and Jesus, and now she right. wants to take this profession. Of, and it's, it's so cool to see um, students, like, to see them when we empathize with them. Empathy right. is so highly valued in the counseling and mental health world, and when we can empathize with what they're walking through and say, hey, we see you, we understand that you're not just a bad person, you're not just making bad decisions, it's because something has happened to you from trauma or right. um, just a, a medical condition in the brain, whatever it may be. We see you, we hear you, we love you, and Jesus loves you. And that's the narrative we're trying to get across to all of our students. You know, that's a big part of uh, the book that I mentioned, uh, What Happened to You. It talks a lot about the importance of connectedness Mm -hmm. in really helping rewire the brain after trauma or, you know, after, you know, some struggle with a mental health issue. And so that, to me, is the beauty of of the church environment, I feel like that's so important Mm -hmm. uh, to offer people is that sense of connectedness, uh, knowing that you have that support. And, you know, I I shared my own story 
uh, at our summit last year, and you know this little tiny church of you know 150 really was so crucial uh, to my family getting through some very very difficult times. I mean, they literally just wrapped their arms around us and supported us and fed us and clothed us during that time. And I just think that's such an important role for the church in in today's world uh, to be that place where people can go and feel safe. And uh, we talked about it a little earlier, you know, sometimes, you know, it's a great thing for them to feel safe, but sometimes that's when the feelings really come out. Yes. Um, You know, once somebody kind of feels like I trust you, you Mm -hmm. see me for who I am. Uh, and so that's the challenge too. Is yes, you you're feeling connected, but you're also feeling safe, and yeah. therefore, you're willing to share in a way that you really haven't been able to share before. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I laughed. I think last week I was talking about the video from Shaco Springs mm-hmm. and the trip uh, that you guys took to Shaco Springs, and just watching that video and watching the kids. And thinking about the kids who are in that room who yeah. may be struggling and how important that weekend had to be for them. Absolutely. Did you see a lot of that at Shaco where kids yes. were really kind of struggling? And well, I wouldn't necessarily say at Shaco because sometimes when we're on these mountaintop experiences right. that we don't see it as much. But in small groups, we do. And right. I'm, I'm never in the small groups. We have a lot of our incredible volunteers yeah. who are on the front lines with our students. And they kind of share with me some of the struggles that they are seeing. And even, you know... On these mountaintop experiences, we see um, some crazy things that some of our students have had to walk through. And like you said, whenever they are in this place where they feel comfortable, sometimes they will act out and sometimes they'll overshare. But I think it's really cool whenever we see students that are comfortable enough with our small group leaders who are in some way complete strangers, but are willing to open up with these deep-seated struggles and deep-seated issues because connectedness is so ingrained in who we are. And people are going to go and find community identity purpose in some type of organization, you know, something that gives them purpose, a higher meaning. And I'm so thankful that we have an opportunity to give that to some students. And, you know, sometimes we see some bad behavior. Sometimes we see oversharing, but I'm thankful that they are safe. Right. This is a place where they are safe to share those things. And I've talked through some crazy conversations with small group leaders before, and they feel very ill-equipped to have these conversations. And, you know, sometimes something I'll share with them and something I'm learning, you know, in my counseling classes is sometimes the things that we say aren't necessarily going to help people, but it's that sense of presence. It's that empathetic relationship. And I'm kind of coaching our leaders like, you're a presence there. You're, you're you're another adult that is there for them to help them to open up about whatever it is. So it's so so cool to see students one have a really cool experience at Shaco and having fun and just letting their guard down because they feel safe. But two, having a place in small groups in worship wherever that a- area is to just share. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Um, to see kids really respond to that kind of connectedness. And uh, there are lots of things, you know, we talked a little bit about trauma and the brain science Mm -hmm. uh, behind that. And uh, with Dr. Dallas Rabig, we talked a lot about that in our last podcast. But really, there are lots of things we can do to help rewire the brain to Mm -hmm. build resilience in kids. We can't necessarily do anything about the trauma that they've already been exposed to but certainly as a church uh, even music yeah uh, is such a great healer 
uh, and has that same impact of rewiring the brain from mm-hmm. some of that as well as sports. I mean, anything that is that repetitive kind of experience where they can really focus their mind in a, in a positive way, uh, we really know today that a lot of that can help rewire their brain around trauma. And I know we talked to just about needing more education. Yeah. Um, around trauma and more education even around uh, I think we talked a lot about anxiety because yeah. that's quite a hot topic it's and a really it's really big like, buzzword yeah. right now <laughs> everybody it's like okay everybody has some anxiety well really everybody does yeah. uh, but w- at what point is that something that needs to be addressed and in really trying to help uh, young folks in particular uh, grow in that anxiety mm-hmm. and uh, instead of you know necessarily feeling like they need to go get therapy and and really being able to educate them about you know kind of what is a normal feeling because we mm-hmm. all feel anxiety at yeah. some point um, and then what is when is it at a point to where you know you really probably do need to seek help and you know, kind of in the mental health world, we talk a lot about, are you able to function, you know, in school? Uh, Are you able to function in your relationships? And so I'm sure you see kids sort of questioning, especially with social media and other things that are out there, you know, you know, how's my mental health? You know, how am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. And I was sharing with you earlier about social media and how I firmly believe that right now is one of the hardest times of all time to be a teenager with um, walking through COVID a few years ago with the pressures that society puts on them with the comparison of social media with, you know, seeing, you know, mental health being, you know, broadcast to the forefront of social media, which I think is an incredible thing, but also can be a buzzword thing where if you're struggling with anything at all. I'm overly anxious, I'm depressed, and that's a self-diagnosis. And a misdiagnosis can cause all types of unintended chaos that doesn't necessarily mean to be there. So we see that some in the social media world. And you know, speaking more to the social media realm, I was telling you earlier about a new app, relatively new, called Be Real. And uh, usually on social media, you're putting your highlight reels out there, Instagram, and not not really Facebook for teenagers, but Snapchat, you know, I'm I'm on a mountain, I'm doing cool things with my friends and putting the perfection out there, but be real. Every uh, day there's a notification that comes into everybody's phones at the same time. You're supposed to pull out your phone and take a picture of your front camera and your back camera. Actually, right now it's time to be real. I just got the notification. How crazy (laughs) is that? Um, And to show you what you're actually doing in that moment. So it's like to kind of normalize being normal. Like I'm just doing homework. And that's what we do. 90% of the time we're doing very basic things, but our teenagers are manipulating it and they're, they're holding off on their be real. So they're doing something cool. They're at a concert, they're at church, they're with their friends just to put their best foot out there because they want to put out this, um, this facade, this veneer of perfection. And that's just continuing. Um, I would believe to add to this mental health crisis that they're walking through of comparison and, um, looking what other people are doing. And like, I'm not good enough, but in reality, I, I think you are, you're just seeing other people's best whenever you're looking at social media. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. We were, I was, just saying how grateful I am that social media wasn't around when I was in high school. Uh, it could have been brutal. I there's just, a, there's oh. an app called Time Hop, and what it does is it pulls all of your old social media posts, and I'm, I'm connected to it. So it shows like you posted on Facebook this 14 years ago, and it's awful to see what I posted. And like I cannot imagine what these teenagers will see in 10 years. Like, right. why did I share that? And right. We have these not fully formed brains, and we're putting all of our life out there on social media. Like, that's going to cause some 
unneeded anxiety. Right. Yeah. It's, um, it, you know, and we've seen it, I know, just coming out of COVID too. Uh, you know, there's a, you know, young uh, girls in the age group, sort of 11 to 14 age group um, that are, you know, being hospitalized more frequently than yeah. we've seen in years past. And uh, a lot of the conversation around that, they haven't completely done all the research, but the thought is really that it, a lot of it has to do with social media. Yeah. And just the constant barrage of, you know, messages that can either be positive or negative. And it just really has had such a negative impact on some folks. Not, you know, not everybody reacts to the same way to that, but it really has, I believe, negatively impacted the mental health of our youth for sure. Uh, Just in the world that we live in today. And so it's really challenging. I know. My 12-year-old grandson was at the house this weekend, and, you know, we talk a lot about mental health. It's a pretty open topic at our house. Uh, But he kept describing this young girl in his classroom. He's like, she's really depressed. And I'm like, so do you know what that means? Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, you're you're hearing words, but do you really know? And uh, there were a couple of other things he said, you know, he's like, well, he said something about a person and I'm like, so tell me why you think that. Yeah. And so you got his phone out and he pulled up a, a social media post, okay. you know, that had some interesting things yeah. in a moment in time. And I'm like, well, I'm not sure you can come to that conclusion based on one photo. Yeah. But <laughs> I know it's just like, wow, I know. you know. His whole world is sort of, and he's not a big social media person. Mm-hmm. Um, he does a lot of games on his phone yeah. for sure, but um, he's not quite to that. It's, you know, he's 12, so yeah. he's not quite there yet in terms of, you know, social media is a much bigger thing. But the whole conversation, you know, going on in his classroom even, um, because apparently the, the this young person in the classroom, you know, does struggle, you know, mm-hmm. cries a lot. And so it was a good opportunity, though, to talk about, you know, feelings and mm-hmm. are feelings okay? And, yeah. um, you know, that some folks do struggle, you know, differently than others. And um, so those are conversations I'm just so glad to hear about the, the peace of mind. Was it peace, peace of, of mind? Peace of mind was the name yeah. of the series, yeah. Because I think there's so much education yeah. that we need to do. And I, the whole field of trauma, we're just learning so much about the brain science. And um, it's really a, a growing uh, understanding of how really the things that happen early on in someone's life, particularly like birth to three mm-hmm. or birth to five, really can pretty negatively impact and you know i wore my favorite shirt for you today tyler <laughs> i really do have on my shirt that says all behavior is a form of communication I love it. <laughs> um and so you know it's just kind of fascinating what we're learning mm-hmm. uh and i think going into the mental health arena at this time is just a really really exciting opportunity uh, because I feel like over the next five years, you're going to see a really uh, pretty uh, big shift in yeah. how we approach certain things, you know, making sure that we're really addressing the right issue. Is it a, is it a truly a mental health issue or is it trauma-based? Yeah. Because your approaches are very different. For sure. You know, depending on 
um, you know, what it is. And, and we all know accurately diagnosing the issue is probably one of the most important things. And so I'm really excited for you. Yes. Uh, I'm, you know, I'll be having conversations it's like you know we got plenty of jobs uh-huh. at the yeah, department man, whenever I, you know you're doing all kind of research in it and the first few weeks of my classes were just to kind of look at what jobs were out there school counselors mental health counselors and it's just like seeing like the the, the job growth they're going to see over yes. the next five years i'm like it's okay huge. that's absolute job security so I'm yeah forward you, wherever that will be in the world of counseling yeah absolutely you will not have any trouble finding a job well thank you tyler this has been great absolutely thanks all Tim. Right, thanks Thanks again for listening, and don't forget, if you have any questions that you would like to be discussed on an upcoming episode, you can always email mentalhealth@fraser.church. Also, you can view video of our episodes on fraser.church slash videos or on youtube.com slash fraserchurch. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>